Hello and welcome to the Green Industry Podcast. This show is all about helping lawn care and landscape professionals take your business to the next level. Your host, Paul, is the best-selling author of Cut That Grass and Make That Cash and the brand new book, Best Business Practices for Landscapers, now available on Audible. Here's your host, Paul Jamison. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to today's episode. We have the pond guy, Greg Whitstock. He's built ponds for Shaquille O'Neal. Logan Paul, uh, grad from Ohio State. Your, your bio, we could just go on here for two minutes, but uh, what's up, Greg? Welcome to the show. Hey, nice to finally meet you in person. We've been friends online for a while and uh, ran into each other at the uh, Entrepreneur Academy. Yeah, I was down at breakfast this morning, and I was expecting you to come in closer to the show, so I, I didn't recognize anybody. There was a bunch of like quilt ladies. <laughs> they, they are. I just ran up and in the I was like, that looks like Greg Woodstock. I was like, are you Greg? I'm Paul. And so that was pretty cool. Well, well maybe it was the Aquascape hat and the logo, <laughs> the logo t-shirt and uh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. So you're going to be opening up the keynote speech tomorrow talking about building a team. You know, yeah, Brian asked me, I'm, you know, known Brian as well for a long time and he asked me to, you know, do something with high energy and kick it off. And I thought there's going to be a couple hundred guys there and 346. Awesome, dude. And the, uh, the hardest thing I believe and actually the thing I take most pride in, in my business is the team, you know, that I've been able yeah. to, uh, surround myself with over the years. So I thought, you know, I'm just going to talk about building a team, you know, and these are things I learned from playing football, you know, where did you play football at? Well, I didn't play at the Ohio state university. I was a, you know, five foot eleven, two hundred and five pound blocking fullback, which is fine to be on a state championship team in high school. But you know, okay, that's, in Ohio? It, no, I, I, I'm from Illinois, so. Oh, okay. Uh, but I did go to Ohio State. But uh, Ezekiel Elliott, you know, was you know more my you know more the uh, speed of Ohio State. So I, uh, I would have been a Rudy Rudiger if I would have uh, tried to go out okay. for the football Those team. Those are so. the Eddie George days, huh? Yes, I was there when Eddie George was there and when when, when the Heisman. He was just a little bit after me, actually. But you know, it took me six years to graduate okay. uh, college because I Kirk Herbstreit quarterback days or Kirk Herbstreet was a senior it, Kirk Herbstreet graduated one year after me. Okay. So, um, yeah, so we were there, but, uh, actually my high school quarterback, Kent Graham was a quarterback there with Kirk Herbstreet and he led us to the state championship in Illinois, which was a, so anyway, learning by being part of a football team, learning, you know, more about how to run a business outside of the classroom than anything I took in the classroom. Yeah. My brother goes to Ohio state. He has this viral video. He, he made this half court shot. The, the announcer was like, what's your name? And he's like, my name's Robbie, but you can call me anytime. And then he makes the half court shot over at the shot and scene center. Yeah. At Ohio at the yeah. Ohio state arena. It went yeah, yeah. viral all over the internet. Did he win some money or something? I gave him hot dogs for a year. <laughs> hot dogs. So, <laughs> oh, that's your brother right there. Clint, yeah. It's 15 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Brutus Buckeye gave him uh like a chest bump thing and all of that. That's cool. Well, Greg, we get asked one of the most popular questions on the show is how do I get uh, good employees, keep good employees? Yeah. You're talking about building a team. So give us the answer. <laughs> the answer is the last person in the world that you want to hire is someone just like you. Wow. <laughs> and so many, including myself, you know, said, man, I need to find someone just like me to work in my business. But the reality is that probably definitely, especially when it comes to someone with my, my personality, the last person in the world is someone just like you because you don't want to double your problems or, you you know, so the, my, you know, advice to uh -huh. entrepreneurs is that so many of them think that if they just had someone that thought like them was just like them, that, you know, that, that would be what their missing ingredient is to success. But the reality is behind them is somebody that 
maybe thinks very differently, but um, has a whole new perspective on things that, that you would never get with your mindset. So, and I learned that, you know, the hard way by uh, seeing the success of a few of my teammates that had very opposite personalities with me and thank God. And it's, uh, you need a yin and a yang for any, you know, successful marriage for any successful business. And uh, so one of the things that I'm going to share tomorrow with the entrepreneurs is, uh, hey, stop looking for someone just like you and maybe the op, maybe a fantastic the guys right behind you, but you're looking for uh, another one of you and uh, you're blocking his view in the mirror. Yeah. You were mentioning at breakfast that you had somebody on your team, 25 year tenure. Uh, actually 1993. So, you know, 28, 29 years. Wow. And uh, that's my longest teammate. That's Ed Ballou, the pond professor on, on, on social media. And he would be a yang for my yang. You know, he is very, you know, outspoken, driven, dominant. I'm very laid back, reserved and shy. Obviously I'm sarcasm. Sarcasm. He, he's, he's a professor, right? I mean, he has a degree in limnology, the study of freshwater ecosystems in the zoology department at uh, Eastern Illinois. And he started with me just as a, a laborer and eventually worked his way up to foreman and then eventually worked his way up to VP of the business. And now he, you know, invented a lot of the Aquascape product line that, you know, we sell all over the world. And he's pretty much the pond professor now. And if I was trying to find someone, quote unquote, just like me, you know, um, I would have never allowed him to blossom into his role, which then pushes me up even higher, you know? Yeah. How many team members do you guys have now? Well, it's a seasonal business, so we probably are year-round just over 100, and in, you know, the peak months, about 130. So just, you know, I would say, you know, a little over 100 uh, year-round teammates and 130, you know, in the, you know, peak of our season. And then what about with all the products and, and everything else? Is that including that, or is that like a different company? No, the, so so my business, it's, it's definitely different divisions of my business. Okay. I started off as a contractor. Right. I invented and patented a filtration system that I started manufacturing and selling to other contractors. That's how I became known as a pond guy because they would start okay. calling me the pond guy, you know, buy our products. And so the majority of uh, the teammates, well, we still build ponds, we still retail ponds, we still maintain ponds. And that's kind of the fun part of my business. Okay. Because I'm, you know, get, get, that's where you get your hands dirty and, and I can talk the talk of a contractor because we still build ponds and maintain ponds and retail ponds every single day. But the primary business, Paul, is manufacturing the equipment and shipping it to contractors all over the world. And then the third part of my business is the training, education, the teaching. Aquascape University? Uh, Aquascape University. We have, uh, that's Aquascape University is our online program. We have the Aquascape Academy. We have the Aquascape Hands-On Academy, all sorts of different ways. Just basically aquascapetraining.com. People Mm -hmm. could find out whether they want to go online or in person and uh, learn what the tricks and the tips of the trade that I've been doing now for 30 years. This is my 30th year in business. Wow. Well, a lot of my audience that's listening they're either getting the boat close to the dock, they have a, a job nine to five that they hate, but they want to be an entrepreneur, small business owner mm-hmm. in the landscaping field. Other guys are listening or in that first, second, third year and have a really small team. So there's really little room for error in hiring that first employee or second employee because there's mm-hmm. just not a bunch of money. It's like, this is a big decision. What would you say to a guy that's in the infancy of the business and they're overwhelmed, they're stretched thin, they need to hire somebody, but it's just so intimidating uh, not to swing and miss. Well, um, that point we don't, we can take an entire podcast just on this topic. Go, go figure. <laughs> I think, uh, a, a question that I asked myself very early on in my business is, is this the job of a CEO? Is this the job of a CEO to be building ponds? No, that's a foreman. Is this the job of a CEO to be selling ponds? No, that's a salesperson. Is this the job of a CEO to be 
designing and laying out the catalog. No, that's a graphic designer. So I kept asking myself, and of course, some people might might say, is this the job of a CEO to be cutting lawns? And they'd say yes, because that's their desire. You know, my desire was always, I always felt that if I had someone else's two hands doing the the work that I can then focus on something else. And so I basically worked my way out of a job. I believe that if you work on the business versus in the business, you can create the difference between working on it is you're creating equity. The difference between working in it is you're generating cash. And I didn't just want to generate cash. I wanted to create equity. And so I basically adapted very early on the philosophy that I should have someone else's hands doing the work so that I could be working on and creating the next thing. So I worked every job in the business. Mm -hmm. And eventually I got to the point where I have someone, if my phone rings, there's something going, there's something, unless it's my wife or my friends, there's something going on that I don't have a system and a process in place and procedure of my business. So I believe that you make more money working on it by creating equity than in it, just generating cash. How long did it take you to build those systems so that your phone isn't ringing with these fires to put out, but things are kind of running on autopilot? Um, well, I would say that that's, uh, uh, never going to be a never ending thing because new things are happening, new businesses. I do a lot with social media. So I just hired a social media community manager because my phone was ringing, right? For instance. Um, But I would say from the actual, I I worked in the field from 91, 92, 93, five years, 91 through 95. And I was out of the field after 95. Wow. Um, Ed, the pond professor was running the crew. And then eventually he trained Brian Helfrich, my second longest teammate at 26 years. Wow. And then, you know, Brian trained Chris and Chris is training um, uh, Jack and, and Daniel right now and Corey. So the the bottom line here is that I would say five years of building water features before I had systematized the process and had competent Ed yeah. Foreman to run it without me. My overall business, I'm still continually finding myself putting a hat on, finding out how to do the job and then finding somebody who can do it almost as good as me. And eventually they'll be better than me because that's what their full-time job is. Well, how do you get these guys that are 28 years, 26 years, 20 plus years Mm -hmm. to keep coming back year after year and and choosing to work for your company? It is the hardest thing, not necessarily guys who've been there for that long, because obviously by that time, I'll, I'll, I'll tell you this, Paul, or, or your listeners, this, here's a good, a good phrase. And, and I know you're a single guy. I've been married for 24 years, but this is, is a good one for eventually, hopefully when you do find, find a bride, there are no enduring relationships without forgiveness. Wow. So, uh, I have had to ask for forgiveness as well as give forgiveness many times and in any relationship. So if you've been, if you're, if you're together, if you work together, you know, you're going to ruffle each other's feathers either indirectly or directly. And so I think that one of the keys is understanding that everybody's human, everybody's flawed, everybody's a sinner. Mm -hmm. And you have to accept that by looking at the mirror yourself. And when you point a finger at somebody else, there's, you know, four fingers pointing back at you. Yeah. How do you know at what point you offer that forgiveness, that grace for the mistake Mm -hmm. or it, how do you know when it's time to fire somebody, let them go? You, the, you know, the, the mistake is just too toxic to your culture, to your representing your company. How, how do you define that line? Well, I would say it's a, a 100% contingent on the person and the situation. Obviously, if somebody steals from you the first time, you know, that's pretty much it because their ethic and integrity and value system is obviously going to be different than yours. Mm -hmm. But if somebody makes honest mistakes, here's what I'm okay with. I'm okay with somebody making mistakes if their heart was in the right 
place. And it usually comes back to training. It usually comes back to teaching. It usually comes back to, and I, oh, I told you this, but I said it really fast and they didn't fully understand it. Even if they shook their head, you know, I mean, I remember when Brian, who's my 26 long teammate, yeah. first started working with me. He was an 18 year old kid. He had one job, Boston market or Boston chicken back at the time. Boston market. Yeah. 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 And I told him, Hey, build the, go over there, build the berm. He didn't know what a berm was, Paul. Well, if you were 18 years old and you came from the restaurant industry in high school, you might not know what a berm is, a landscape berm, you know? Yeah. So we've forgotten, you know, more than we've known growing up in this industry. Right. And so we have to remember that and we have to have some grace and, and it's frustrating, you know, yeah. but the bottom line is sometimes you got to slow down to speed up. And so for me, I would say the majority, when you own the business, the buck stops with you. Right. Right. And so at the end of the day, you have to own more stuff than an average person would have to own because at the end of the day, if you don't, then you'll never be able to build a team. Yeah. You mentioned the social media uh, earlier in the program. When did the Pong Guy start on YouTube and when did that start growing and exploding? We we actually have had a YouTube channel, I think, since 2008, 2009, right when it came wow. out within a year. But it was a corporate channel. It was just, okay. you know, kind of, you know, you know, corporate videos on, you know, installation instructions, things like yeah. that. It was five years ago that I built a pond for Logan Paul. I watched that. Yeah. Yeah. Calfus, Stan, Blake, and you mm -hmm. went out there. I, I was watching that. It's crazy. Like he, I, I, I kind of knew who Logan Paul was, but I didn't follow him. You know I mean? It was kind of a shock jock young kid, but it was amazing. A lot of, don't, don't judge a book by covers. A lot of my friends who are, were my age or even older were following him. He's like, you got the pond. You got to go out there. He wants a pond. I'm like, what? I kind of knew who he was, but, but I didn't he was peaking on YouTube. He was yeah, making these daily vlogs and it, he was just, that's how I found out who he was. Cause he's always popping up in my YouTube. He was one thing. of the OGs for, for vlogging. Right. So it's hilarious because he had just bought a $6.4 million home in Encino, California, and he grew up in Cleveland where- Yeah, where, we're from Ohio. My family's from Ohio. You're from Ohio. Canton, Ohio. Yeah. Um, and he grew up in Cleveland and he had a koi pond in his backyard. And so when he built a pond, when he built a home out in or bought a home in Encino, California, he wanted to make, we like to say a water feature turns a house into a home and he mm -hmm. wanted a water feature and he kind of shouted that out in his vlog and my phone blew up. I'm 15, 20 people within 24 hours. You got to get with Logan Paul. Well, I had a contact, ironically, the person I was with today. Brian Barcheck, yeah. who's a, a, a Detroit guy that does has the reptorium and everything. And I had known that he had done something with Logan. So I reached out to him. He sent Logan my phone number. Logan texted me the next day and 24, so 48 hours after Logan did his thing, I was in his backyard in Encino designing a pond. Wow. That was in November. And in December, I was there with uh, 40 certified aquascape contractors and Calphis and Stanley and, you know, Blake. And uh, um, and then two months after that, he had his uh, epic fall when he did a, a, a taboo video. Japan, of, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, 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 yeah. But you know what? I'm telling you, I just texted him uh, yesterday. You know, yeah. he still loves his koi fish. He, moved, he lives in Puerto Rico right now. He's renting a house. But he's like, dude, when I get a house down here, you're building my koi pond. Because he's addicted to it. He had it when he was a kid. He had it at his home in California. And that's what, what, what makes my job fun is the value add that a water feature brings. We love to say a water feature turns a house into a home. And it's just something that it's a lifestyle. It's on a lifestyle connection. So, but to go back to the social YouTube, media, yeah. yeah. When I'm like, dude, I'm building a pond for Logan Paul. I better start a YouTube channel to capitalize on this. And so my fifth video was my Logan Paul video. And that was whatever I've done 700 videos, I think, you know, in total. Wow. Wow. Now what's your subscriber count at and how did, how did mingling and being in proximity with a YouTube star like that boost your numbers? Well, I think I had 500 people for the first 
four blogs that I put in my fifth blog, I gained 10,000 subscribers in a 24 hour period. Cause it went out to 19 million people. Right. Yeah. And uh, I think we're at 200. And, well, I've got a bunch of channels now. Okay. Um, my channel's at 200 and some thousand. Um, I've got Ed the pond professor. Okay. He's at 50 some thousand. I've got team aquascape, which is the construction and that's at 120,000 or so. And, uh, and then aquascape, Inc., which is our YouTube channel that just for the corporate stuff that's at okay. like 80,000 or something. What uh, channel did you put the Shaquille O'Neal? Because I was following along with sure. that. That was down. He lives outside of Atlanta? Yeah, he's about 35, 40 minutes from the airport. Okay. To the east or? Southeast. So- oh, I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Southeast. Yeah. Unbelievable guy. You guys work so hard. He's First of all, he's seven foot one inches. <laughs> and then he just talks real deep you know, like this and real quiet. And he could barely hear him. He's like, you guys work so hard. I've never seen somebody work that hard. You know, he was he was a super cool dude and still is. I just saw him. Um, it was a year and a half ago that I built it. And I went back a year later in May and, and, and vlogged it. He's like, yeah. Hey, the pound guy lost 15 pounds. He was like a, he was working out, you know, he's a big dude. And, uh, you know, but how that whole thing came across was, I mean, he was, uh, he owned some car washes down in Orlando, Florida, where his first house was. And one of my certified aquascape contractors would get their car washed there on a regular basis, their truck. Uh-huh. And it had all the logos with water features and, and his cousin D Mac, you can't, you know, you can't make these things up was running the car wash. And he's like, I bet you Shaq would like one of these. And with that, I was at Shaq's house in Orlando and with him on, you know, he was, he wasn't there. He was, and I think it was, he was still working with TNT, but anyway, he ended up selling that house and building a house in Atlanta and getting Pete from Treehouse Masters out there to build a treehouse. And he said, when you're, when that's done. And so I went out there during the pandemic a uh, year and a half ago and, and knocked out a, a beautiful yeah. you know, water feature with a bunch of artists of the year, certified oxygen contractors um, at Shaq's house. And you know, who really loves it? I mean, Shaq likes it and everything, but his mom lives there and she's there every day feeding the fish. Oh, wow. Shaq's mom. Yeah. That's cool. Now, how did that video seem like it exploded? I remember that back in the day was getting a lot of views. A couple million views. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's how it pops off. You know, I mean, you get a guy like that that you can put in the thumbnail, you know, and everything else. Um, it was on my channel. Greg was like the pond guy. It was on Team Aquascape's channel. Okay. And then, of course, the the a bunch of the certified Aquascape Hunter Artists of the Year guys that I brought down there, they they posted it too, you know? So it's just a lot of fun. You know, it's good to, he's a real deal. And uh, Logan Paul is the real deal. As much of a shock jock as he is, he loves, he loves the koi fish. And, you know, I got a bunch of collabs coming up with, I mean, I've done, you know, Keith Kalfas and Blake, Blake and, you know, a bunch of guys in the green industry too, which is fun too. So you can get your celebrities and you can get your green industry, quote unquote, celebrities. But I just love, I just love what I do, which is why I have my, my monikers. I love my job. And uh, I just, cause I, cause I, I'm addicted to this hobby too. So it's fun for me to get someone in a hobby. What would you say to someone? Cause you, I hear you say all the time. I love my job. I love my mm-hmm. job. There's a lot of guys that listen to Brian's podcast. They listen to my podcast and they hate their job. It's, it's, it's the nine to five cush job. It, yeah. it got some benefits. It got some salary. The main thing is it has some security. They got two, three kids at home. They got a wife and, sure. and there's just like the responsibility of providing, but it's like that they literally hate going to work mm-hmm. and they're tuning in wanting to know, man, I want to start my own business. I like working outside. Like we had one guy on the show and he's like, like it's therapeutic to go mow the grass sure. and to take care of the property. Like I, I enjoy yeah. it. Mm-hmm. And how can I build a business around that? What would you say to someone who's stuck in a job they dislike to get into what they like, but they can actually provide for their family doing it? All right. Let me, let me answer that question with a question. <laughs> uh, Paul, what's the best way to eat an elephant? One bite at a time. Amen. One bite at a time. So the fun thing for me, when I talk to a guy who has an existing business, like a mow and blow guy, like I'm going to be doing tomorrow here, I, you know, you don't go out there and just, um, you know, 
goes zero to 100 miles an hour, he says, hey, Mrs. Jones, she's got the perfect place in the front of her property for a little fountainscape. Mm-hmm. And then you put that one in and then Mrs. Jones has a friend that comes over, you know, Sally, and she sees the fountainscape and then she wants one. Right. And one becomes two, two becomes four, four becomes eight. And all of a sudden, marketing is the getting and keeping of customers. So if you're already in the business to add a service to your existing customers, like a decorative water feature is a very easy thing to do, right? You don't have to go out there and instantaneously have an overnight success business. So one bite at a time, you know, putting in water features in, in, the, in the ground. Where you start is at your house. The hardscapeacademy.com is the place to get the skills and training you and your crew need to excel as a professional hardscaper. You'll learn all the techniques and best practices to properly install pavers and retaining walls. You'll have access to online video training courses, in-person apprenticeships, comprehensive guides, and customizable business forms. Plus, there are two free courses which cover everything slab. If you're serious about mastering your skills, abilities, efficiency, and bottom line, the hardscapeacademy.com is for you, and that link is in today's show notes. Do you come home ready to relax after a hard day's work and find that your bookkeeping demands your time? Truth be told, you can't give it your full energy or focus. It just sits there most nights untouched, continually haunting you. It's costing you good decision-making and your peace of mind. Gulf Coast Bookkeeping provides a bookkeeping solution to landscapers that is guaranteed to give you back your time and your peace of mind. You can begin this partnership with us today by going to gulfcoastbk.com and scheduling a 15-minute call. Don't trick yourself into thinking you can handle it all. It won't be long before you're saying, no to new clients or skipping dinner with your family and friends all because your bookkeeping needs are unfinished let us take care of your green so you can take care of theirs schedule a 15-minute call today at gulfcoastbk.com the very first water feature you put in should be where you live so that would it's always easier to sell something you yourself have mm-hmm. so now no that is talking to people that have existing businesses not necessarily a guy who's at a factory or whatever else that wants right. to do it but even for a guy who's at the factory start with it at your own house yeah <laughs> you know and 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 then and then it's friends and family it's it's people that you know it's your high school football coach yeah. you know you just keep go, going down you know and then when we you put one in for your high school football coach he's got a neighbor or a sister or a friend that comes over and as soon as they sit by their water feature they want one too. And so, so just get water features in the ground for my business, you know, and how you start any business obviously is it takes perseverance and work. And, and, and obviously a lot of times when you have a, a, a job that pays the bills, you just gotta, you just gotta burn the oil, man. You gotta do evenings and weekends and everything else as you're getting started off. But the reward is worth the, the juice is worth the squeeze. You know, the bottom line here is, um, it's not easy. Success is not easy, but nothing worth having is easy. And so you just start. And that's, and, and my business started because I had a water feature in my backyard and the UPS guy delivered a package to the front door. I heard the doorbell ring. I yelled, come around back. I'm here. And of course I was putzing around in my backyard classroom, my first water feature. And he turned the corner and goes, this is beautiful. Um, how did you ever find a house with a spring on it? He thought it was a natural oh, spring wow. and a waterfall, which is, of course, a great compliment to a pond builder. Yeah. I'm like, no, man, I, I built this myself, you know? And he goes, really? Could you build me one? I go, yes, I could. Wow. And so that was what 
as a college kid, that's what prompted me yeah. to start business. I remember telling my mom and my dad, all I need is a, um, a strong back, a wheelbarrow and a shovel. And I already had the strong back from being a football player. And that Christmas I got a wheelbarrow and a shovel beneath the Christmas tree. And uh, I took out a classified ad in the newspaper. This is 1991. And these are, you know, people, People used to read these things called newspapers yeah. that were paper with ink on them. <laughs> and uh, I, I got one sale from there. It was an $80 ad, and I sold a $5,200 job. Wow. Um, I got one sale from the local rock yard where I had my business card and a picture of my backyard pond. And then those two those two water features sold three more, and I built five ponds my first summer after my junior year at Ohio State did $21,000 in sales. And I put $11,000 in my pocket because I had no overhead working out of my parents' house and working with the free trailer that I got from the side of the road. But I just started in the next year, I built 12 water features. So now I had done 17. And then in August 2nd of 1992, my life changed forever because once again, another paper, the Chicago Tribune ran a front wow. page story on me with 700,000 editions. And I had hundreds of people calling. For How it. did you get in the Chicago Tribune? Well, that's a good question. I just sent up um, after my first season in business. Those for five water features, I sent a letter to the gardening editor of the, you know, the gardening editor of the Tribune with some pictures of my work and, you know, what I do about building ecosystem ponds for fish and plants. And, and I never heard back from her, but I heard back from a freelance writer that saw some of the pictures in my business card and called me and she did a story, not for the gardening section, for the tempo section okay. of the paper. And that one article is when that was my second season in business when that, that appeared in 1992. And that one article really wrote my business because wow. I, 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 I'll never forget Paul coming home at the end of a day. It was my first, uh, that August 2nd was a Sunday. The first Saturday after that, I went on eight design consultations that I had set up for people calling for the, the article. Guess how many water features I sold that day? Four. So my mom, my dad, and my sister were sitting at the kitchen table. I walk in like six, six thirty at night, reach in my back pocket and pull out thirty six thousand dollars in deposit checks. Wow. I sold eight water features. Wow, eight for eight. Yeah. Everyone was like, We you remind us of our, our son or our grandson and they had the third party testimonial of the newspaper article really it was like shooting fish in a barrel, no pun intended. <laughs> and that was that was it. I sold out the rest of my season. Wow. You know, because I was going back to Ohio State the end of September. We were on quarters back then and uh um and then all of a sudden my fun summertime job became my career because that article really wrote it. Yeah. You mentioned it breakfast for Mo and blow guys looking to make more money, better profit margins that water features, you could charge three, four grand depending on what you put in and make a 50% profit margin. If I heard you correctly. Yes. So, so listen, um, as you know, mowing and blowing the maintenance site, isn't really necessarily the, the high profit area of the market because you're competing with every Tom, Dick and Harry. When you're selling a decorative water feature, but a lot of people do it because they get other services at the people's houses. Right. right? In Atlanta, you got a lot of these $16 million companies, $15 million companies. They'll do lawn, they'll do lawn maintenance just because they sell all the other pr sure. enhancements. That's where they make their money, but it's just the, it's a gateway to market. It's the commodity. It's exactly. the milk to the, to the cereal. Right. So a oh, decorative water feature, um, you're not, you're not competing on square footage. Like are you doing a hardscape or even, you know, caliber size of its plants or you know, the size of a lawn, you know, in terms of doing it, what you're really doing is you're selling art. Mm -hmm. And so it's kind of really what you want to sell it for. So let's say a typical fountainscape sitting on an aqua basin, we're installing those for four or $5,000 in Chicago. Okay. But let's say, say you're new and you want to put it in for like 3,500 bucks. Okay. The kit costs you 1500. It, it, so if you sell for 3,500, you're going to clear 2000 bucks. There's a, you know, three bags of gravel on it, you know, another 50 bucks in gravel. So you're going to clear, you know, two grand and it takes two guys 
two hours, so four man hours to put in a 3,500 to 5,000, like we're selling them for installation. And all you got to do is put whatever topper on top of it is. And I told this to Blake, you know, from Blake's B&B. And he's like, well, I don't understand the plumbing. I'm like, oh, buddy, all you got to do is take a screwdriver, put the pump on the end, put a hose clamp on it and, and run the other side through the fountain. That's it. It takes five minutes, three minutes to hook up the plumbing. But that that challenge for Blake and so many people is it's they've never done it before. Right. So this is why we have the YouTube videos, you know, on the, on the Aquascape Ponds channel. And we have our training for them to actually come up. We know we have a hands-on training at the Aquascape Academy, but we just did our first session two weeks ago with 60 people. I got another one coming up at the end of this month in November beginning of December, then January and February. And they get to actually hook the plumbing up. They get to actually see my crew build a pond. Wow. Pond is we, what we say with a fountainscape, you know, it's good that we kind of led with that. That's kind of like the elementary school, the addition mm-hmm. and subtraction. That's kind of your basics, you know, the X's and O's. The next step is pondless waterfalls, which are more like junior high level, maybe multiplication. And then a pond would be more like, you know, geometry or calculus, high school level. Yeah. You don't just jump Paul from elementary school to high school, what you do is you, you know, do three or four or five or 10 fountainscapes and do one, two, three, four or five pondless waterfalls. And then if you want to, you can advance to ponds. But what so many contractors do is they're opportunistic and a customer that they're mowing and blowing for or whatever says, Hey, I want to put a pond in and they go right to high school, but they haven't really mastered basic math. And then they have leaks and they have problems and they don't understand the process. And that's why we say, listen, best way to eat one by a time, Inch by inch, life is cinch, yard by yard, it is hard. Let's just start with you with some small fountainscapes. Maybe once you get that down, you have a fountainscape at your home, put a pond in at your house. And if it has a leak or it has a little challenge like that, you can live with it, learn and fix it. And then eventually this will become as easy as cutting lawns for you. Yeah, there you go. Now, where can you get that kit and get a little bit further education for guys that want to maybe put it in their yard as a, yeah. as a practice and then sell well, it next season. Sure. Aquascapeinc.com. Okay. That's our Facebook. That's our YouTube. Our, that's our website. Right. And then aquascapetraining.com is, you know, that lets you know about the Aquascape University online and the Aquascape Hands-On Academy, aquascapetraining.com. So Aquascape Inc. is our website. Aquascape Training is our um, teaching. Cool. Well, I really appreciate it, Greg. And uh, just to bring everything full circle uh, to, to your speech yeah. uh, tomorrow, wh- what is that bottom line uh, to build that team uh, long term? Like what, what's kind of your uh, closing point to, to really conclude it? It, basically the buck stops with you. Okay. You're always part of, you can be a part of every problem and you can be the part of every solution. So how you show up, how you interact with, how you deal with it's, it's, it's so many times and I'm still guilty of this. You look at the other person to change. You got to change. You got to adapt. And I got to tell you, you know, I've been doing this game for 30 years. I can't treat people or talk to people or think about people the same way today that I did 30 years ago. Cause it's just not the same. It's a different world. It's a different environment. And we could piss and moan about it and kick the dog, or we can just realize this is just the way the world is today. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, I grew up with a shovel pretty much in my hand from as a kid. And so many kids grew up these days with joysticks. Yep. They're not going to be able to have the same background as, as you did. And I think the hardest thing to do in running a business is building a team and getting out of your own way. And I think so many people are in their own way, but they, instead of, instead of basically reassessing how the current situation is, they get mad, kick the dog and bitch about people. And listen, people, this is a good quote to kind of maybe start ending us with people will be your greatest source of aggravation and your greatest source of inspiration. Mm. And so for every, you know, for every person that has ever, you know, been a disappointment for me, I've had somebody that's been equally 
like a Brian, mm-hmm. like an Ed, my two longest teammates that have been, you know, I couldn't be more proud of those guys. They have, they have vastly surpassed the quote unquote teacher in me because yeah. that's what they do, man. They're, you know, Ed's the pond professor, Brian's our head of construction and they do every day. And because of that, they're creating equity for Aquascape and not just generating cash. If it was just my own two hands. And then I would have never had the satisfaction that came from seeing these guys go from where they are to where they are today as the best in the world. Cool. We look forward to your speech at Launchpreneur Academy. By the time you guys are listening to this, your Ohio State Buckeyes will have played Purdue. Let's hope they can take care of that. <laughs> yes. Then they have Michigan State and then and in, Michigan. In the big house, and I will be there rooting them on. And I have been to the big house six or seven times, and we have never lost. So I'm hoping my presence will uh, give them good luck. Yeah, but this Michigan team's pretty good this year. They are, but it's still run by Harbaugh, so he can, <laughs> he can figure out a way to screw it up. <laughs> yeah, so you think the Buckeyes can beat Michigan State? Beat Michigan, go to the Big Ten Championship, and get get in the playoff this year. What do they're you think? De- they're definitely going to be favored, um, but you know what? That's a good thing because it's so fun to. Uh, my wife early on in our marriage, she said, "Pick Saturday." Did you go to Ohio, she go to Ohio State? Or? She did not. I met her after college. Thank okay. God. <laughs> <laughs> um, and she said, "Pick Saturdays or Sundays." And I could either have picked the. I go, "What do you mean?" She's like, "You can't watch football all weekend." I'm like, "Ah, geez, I'm you know, what's been compromised, right?" Yeah. And I said, "I could either pick the perennially average 500 Bears or the perennial winning Buckeyes." And so I I kept Casually watch the Bears, and I die hard watch the Buckeyes. Okay, and you'll be at at the big house. I've never been there, but th- that seems like a pretty uh, fun day. Yeah, I've been. The only bigger stadium is Penn State, and I've been there for a whiteout, and we also beat them then. So, which was, one was that? Oh my God, that was when Robbie Gold was a kicker for Penn State. That was probably that was probably 2010 or 2011. What was cool about that was I got flown in on a private jet, picked up in a limo, driven to the game by one of my vendors. And then wow. it was, it was pretty, and we won. So it was fun. And I got to bring, uh, there were six of us. So I got to bring five of my friends with me. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, he is the pond guy, Greg Woodstock. Thanks for being on the show. And uh, we look forward to your speech tomorrow. Hey buddy. Thanks. Keep up with the, keep up what you're doing with the podcast. Yes, sir. Well, guys, I say all the time that if you can make it out to these events, it's definitely worth it, whether it's the Entrepreneur Academy or it's the Equip Expo, uh, Together in the Trades, uh, the Kohler event, because it's called the proximity principle. And what happens when you go to events like this, you never know who you're going to bump into. I literally was down uh, at the breakfast this morning and uh, I just had actually woke up. I was in basically my pajamas. I was like, I'll just go down there real quick and uh, just check it out. I wasn't even planning on getting breakfast. I was like, I'm just going to see, is this one of those grab and go raggedy uh, breakfasts or do they actually have some hot, fresh eggs, you know, some bacon? I wanted to see what they had. So I'm walking down there and they got this quilt convention going on. So there's all these women down there, you know, in their 60s, 70s. You can imagine what a quilt conference attendee would look like. So I'm, I'm down there and there's all the ladies and I'm looking at their plate and I'm like, oh, you know, they actually got some, some eggs on there. Look, breakfast is looking promising. And I just randomly look at this guy sitting at the table and I'm like, are you Greg? And he's like, are you Paul Jameson? And I was like, yes. And I was like, I'm friends with you on Facebook. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I recognize the face. I follow your post or whatever. And uh, so we, we, you know, we connected one of those things. We knew each other from Facebook. We knew each other from online. And then your relationship 
Uh, it just becomes deeper when you meet in person, you're able to look into someone's eyes, shake their hands, you know, nonverbal communications and all of that. So I, of course, asked him, hey, can I interview for my podcast while we're here? And he's uh, gracious and said yes. And so uh, that was a lot of fun. And I hope you guys enjoyed listening to the interview. Now, another surprise here in Michigan is that while I was here at the Entrepreneur Academy, and it actually happened a little bit ahead of schedule, well, a lot ahead of schedule, is that the brand new goal tracking journal that we have for 2022, it's actually now available on Amazon. It's called the Diligent Shall Prosper, and it's a goal tracker and journal to help you crush your goals. And so years ago, I started writing down daily on a little three by five note card. I started this in college. I'd write a little Bible verse at the top of the note card, and then I'd write down about one, two, three, or four goals I really wanted to accomplish next day. I'd actually do this before I go to bed. And then I'd go to bed, I'd sleep on it, I'd wake up in the morning and usually have a little bit more clarity of maybe something I should omit or add to my blueprint for the day, my strategy for the day, the goals I want to accomplish for a day. And then, you know, at the end of the day or throughout the day, I'd check something off or, you know, put like a line through it that I accomplished that goal. And then I'd rinse and repeat. And sometimes I'd keep like stacks of these note cards and have them archived. Uh, sometimes I'd throw them away. Or, and sometimes I'd even get like a journal and do it in that. Uh, I did that for years. And then some days I'd be inconsistent and I'd skip or whatever. And so I was like, I, I mixed that uh, history that I had with an experience I had here in Michigan a few years ago, episode 200. I had Brian and Liz Fullerton on the show, guys. And they uh, shared about their vision board and how they you know, had a vision, they looked at it daily, and then eventually these things would come to pass. So I kind of combined all of that into what's called the diligent shall prosper. And it's for you to write down each day your goals, as well as what you're thankful for. There, there's something that happens when we actually have hearts of gratitude. And then um, there's a proverb at the top of the page as well. So you can start your day with a thought provoking thought. Did I say that right, Mr. Producer? Thought. You know what I'm trying to say. <laughs> a positive thought. Yeah. Thought provoking. I think that's the fancy way they, they say it. And uh, I, by the way, guys, Mr. Producer, he, he, he um, this was a tag team project. Uh, and, and of course, our uh, Vanessa over there in London helped us. And it's, it's, a, it's a big team effort to get a, a successful uh, hardcover. It's a, it's a really good material book like this on Amazon, but it is available and we're only having it available uh, in hardcover. There's no audio book for this one uh, because it's really about you interacting and engaging and writing down the, the, the uh, journal, the book, whatever you want to call it. It's a guide to help you. And uh, what you have to do then is write down what your goals are for the day. And then of course, go out and execute just like football, right? We, you know, you, you got your game plan, and then you go out there and you execute the game plan, you win the game. And so uh, anyway, I'm really excited because I've personally literally started doing this. It was probably 2006 is when I really started to write down my goals daily. And just now to actually have a, a, a product that is very durable. It's a hardcover. It's, it's, it's a good quality material. Uh, it's so much better than the raggedy little three by five note cards I used to use. And, you know, I spill my coffee on it. There is stain. And it just uh, it's really cool to have this um, out there. So you guys can pick up a copy and uh, it'd be a great Christmas present. Uh, you will need to order it in advance uh, with all the supply chain. I'm not going to get into all that, but it, it may take a week or two to get to your place. So if you're going to buy five or six or seven of them or 10 of them and give them out to your um, you know, significant other and, and, and uh, maybe, you know, gifts for close friends, family. Uh, it's, it's really a, a thoughtful gift because 
it's going to inspire people to you know do a devotion in the morning to read a proverb and to be uh setting goals and accomplishing them so anyway we're very thankful to to have this opportunity uh when i started writing books back in the day i had no idea that you know amazon would you know give us these kind of opportunities where we can have hardcover books and, and things like that it's it's really i'm really grateful uh for this and so i'd love for you guys to get a copy in your hand and uh, maybe even consider getting it as a gift for others it's called the diligent shall prosper mr producer will put that link in today's show notes you can click on that it'll uh take you over there to the amazon store and you guys know how simple that is a couple clicks it'll be in your cart on your way and uh you guys can bless some folks with that as a christmas gift as well so thanks for listening smash that follow and we hope to catch you on the next episode This has been a Jameson Media and Mr. Producer production. This is your moment. Your moment to move forward and make progress. It's time to see where an education can take you. For over 130 years, Strayer University has been at the forefront of change, offering programs that help students like you get ahead and stay ahead so you can keep striving. Visit Strayer.edu to learn more. Strayer University is certified to operate in Virginia by chef.